Hey everybody, welcome back to another edition of the First in Orange podcast. This is Denver Post sports writer Kyle Newman, alongside my colleague Ryan O'Halloran out here at Dove Valley. And of course, big news coming down yesterday, that's Monday, Joe Flacco herniated disc in his neck. He will be out indefinitely, and of course, obviously, for Sunday's game against the Browns. So now it's Brandon Allen time, and uh, just who the heck is Brandon Allen? Well, um, I covered him in 2016 with Jacksonville and 2017 in training camp. He started, He played a ton in college at Arkansas, 38 career starts in the SEC, six-round pick by the Jags, was you know, stuck behind Blake Bortles and Chad Henney there. Bounced to the Rams where he was behind Jared Goff and Sean Mannion, and then Jared Goff and Blake Bortles again this year. So, I mean, they saw something at the end of the training camp because they had Kevin Hogan and Brett Rippon ready as the number two and three guys they cut them both put Rippon on the practice squad so they liked I think they liked how he ran the offense against them in the preseason in LA that night so it's a heck of a chance it's four years in the making for Brandon he's played a lot in the preseason the last couple of years but this is a different animal trying to resuscitate an offense that is broken 28th in scoring and going against a guy like Miles Garrett who has 10 sacks that is tied for the NFL lead and hey, after all the fanfare about Joe Flacco coming to town, John Elway bringing the veteran quarterback, it's fair to speculate. I mean, he might have played his last down with the Broncos. I think it is fair. And, you know, he has a significant dead cap hit if they cut him after the year, $13.6 million, because they restructured his contract in September. I'm trying to figure that out still. Um, you know, where they could have just walked away with a clean slate after this year. You know, the thing is, Joe Flacco's standpoint, uh, does he want to continue playing anywhere because of this injury? And, you know, it could be a self-healing uh, deal, but it's still significant and, and maybe uh, prone to re-injuring it. So, you know, I just you just have a feeling that there's going to be more quarterback news this offseason. You know, do, you know, when do they put Drew Locke in? You know, when does he join the roster? Does he do enough to go into next year? Um, as the starter or in a competition with another draft pick. You know, you were at Drew Locke's, lo- uh, Drew Locke's locker, say that 10 times fast, um, earlier today on Tuesday. What were some of Drew's thoughts about the way the Broncos have handled this? Well, he's telling the company line, as expected from the rookie quarterback, but you could see the little twinkle in his eye. You know, his he knows his opportunity is coming. Now, it's not going to come this week against the Browns. He is eligible to come off the injured reserve uh, for this game on Sunday, but he won't just because hasn't any practice time it's been basically all virtual reality all rehab over these last eight weeks so they want to give him a few more a little bit more time some time to you know get his feet under him in practice before starting that three-week clock to, uh, to, to activate him and you know, I mean I'd assume he'd be coming back sometime late November early December yeah and I like the Broncos strategy now with not put rushing it I disagree with their strategy of not having him already starting practice. I mean, as soon as he was healthy, he should have been practicing. Um, I'm not sure what their deal there was. And he is healthy now, and he has been for a couple weeks. Yeah, and so this would have made a transition. You may have still gone the Brandon Allen for the Cleveland game, but it may have uh, quickened up the you know move to lock after the bye. Now you look at, okay, once he starts practicing, now you're early November, a couple weeks of that, up on the roster. You know, you look at it early December, but then again, Brandon Allen may be playing well that you may say, hey, let's stick with him. And, you know, once they are officially eliminated from playoff contention, then you give Drew Locke maybe one or two or three starts at the end of the year. 
whatever they do, Drew Locke needs to play at some point this year because they're two and six. It's a season on the road to nowhere. Try and take advantage of the fact that there's not going to be a lot at stake by giving Locke some run to figure out, okay, this is where he's at in his development. So um, so that's where we're at with Locke. You know, Brett Rippon now is going to be one snap away against the Browns, and he hasn't taken a regular season snap either. You know, Brett also met with the media today. I thought his preseason was up and down. What, 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 did, what did Brett have to say about some of the progress he made during August? Well, just like he said, he knows he's always one snap away, or I mean, he's one snap away now, or a couple snaps away in his case before. Uh, he acknowledged being on the practice squad, going against that Denver defense every day for the last eight weeks has helped him. Now he's got to, you know, settle into to, to that backup role. And like you said, if, if Brandon Allen goes down and Hey, that could be very, very well happen with the way this offensive line has been playing, especially at left tackle with Garrett Bowles. The pass protection has not been there. Yeah, one thing I think Alan alluded to it is you know, the difference between him and Flacco is mobility. So I think he's going to be able to extend some plays. But also, if I'm Rich Gangarello, maybe you design some more things to get on the move to get away from that pass rush. They tried to do that against Indianapolis with the screen game. Nah, it didn't work because those linemen couldn't get out there and the Colts snuffed that out pretty quickly. So, you know, if you're a Bronco fan saying, okay, what's the value of watching this game? Well, it's a new quarterback. You know, it's a guy who's waited a long time for this shot. And I think it does spice up, in other words, you know, and what would other be a boring week going into the bye? I'm looking forward to seeing what Allen can do and, you know, how how different the offense does look uh, with him under center. Allen, former Arkansas star, as Ryan mentioned, and Brett Rippon, former Boise State star, who'll be the backup again this Sunday at Mile High. This is the first in Orange podcast, Kyle Newman, alongside Ryan O'Halloran. So talk the QB situation. Let's talk a little bit of trade deadline. NFL trade deadline has come and gone today and no more deals. Looks like Emmanuel Sanders, the only guy getting shipped out of Denver. Yeah. And the Broncos did their heavy lifting last week, which is, you know, from the 49ers perspective, that made sense. They got Emmanuel for an extra game and the Broncos got a good return on that. And, you know, judging by the Colts game, they're going to be fine without him Um, with Cortland Sutton and, you know, Fred Brown, especially getting a start. Today was anticlimactic, meaning Tuesday. I mean, and not just here, but around the league. You, you know, you hear, you see all these tweets about teams interested, and you know they're going after this guy. This team wants to strip down their roster. Well, it was all crickets. I mean, it's sort of the opposite of the baseball, hockey, and to a lesser extent, basketball trade deadlines. You know, Akeem Talib getting shipped from L.A. to Miami. Great situation for, for Talib, huh? Well, and he's on IR. Yeah. He's not eligible to return until December. I'm not sure what the Dolphins are doing there. I mean, maybe they think they can re-sign him. I don't know why. No I don't think why Talib would want to stay there. So that, that was a bizarre move. Uh, you know, Leonard Williams went from the Jets to the Giants. I thought you know the Giants were just taking a flyer. Uh, the the draft pick compensation depends on if Williams re-signs with them. So from a Broncos perspective, Chris Harris will be here the rest of the year. Derek Wolf be here rest of the year. Then we get into the offseason. I think Wolf, there's um, overwhelming chance that he returns. Yep. You know, he wants to be here, maybe sign a two-year deal, finish out his career with a one as a one-team guy, and he deserves credit for that. Chris Harris is going to be a fascinating situation. You know, if he's still upset about the way the offseason went, well, that's his right, and maybe he should be. Um, he, you know, he stayed away for all the OTAs. Elway gave him a little bit of a bump of salary, which I don't think you really need him to do. Chris would have reported to avoid the fines. I think Chris Harris will be great with Wade Phillips with the Rams next year. Yep. <laughs> him and Jalen Ramsey's that cornerback duo. But from the Broncos' view, Isaac Yadam has not worked out. He's a third-round pick. 
if you take Chris Harris away from this scenario, what do you have a corner right now? You have Devontae Harris, who has been here two months. So Chris Harris knows that that could drive up his price to stay here because the Broncos may just be desperate, you know, as they should be for corner help right. to keep a guy they know who is still playing at a high level, at, you know, at age thirty. So, you know, a, a lot, of, a lot of bluster over the last couple of weeks, but zero action outside of Sanders. And coming up on Sunday, got the Mighty Browns or the Clowns, as some like to call them, coming to town, coming off a rough game against the Patriots, turning the ball over all over the place. Hey, Denver defense could use some of that uh, turnover. It's been short supply this year for them. Yeah, Baker Mayfield's tied for the the NFL lead in interceptions with Jameis Winston. Uh, you know, the Broncos are two and six; they're a mess. The Browns are two and five; they're a bigger mess because there are actual expectations for Cleveland. And I thought I heard a good point about the Browns on on, on TV this morning: is they're li- they've lost three straight games, but it's been to San Francisco, Seattle, and New England. They played the toughest schedule in the league. They're got they got to be looking at this game and saying, hey. Over the rest of the season, their schedule softens up a little bit. Go on the road, beat the Broncos, get on a roll, and get back into that AFC North race. So uh, Baker Mayfield won here on a Saturday night last year, uh, but didn't play all that well. Their defense just you know, took over the game and, and controlled the Broncos late. So you know, for the Bronco offense, the, the, the 25-point marker is still eluding them. It's now 17 straight games. One more, and it ties the franchise record. So that'll be a good chart for us in Monday's paper if that happens, because you know, we always love charts. So, but uh, you know, we'll get we'll dig a little bit deeper into Browns Broncos later in the week. And again, folks, first in Orange podcast, Ryan O'Halloran, Kyle Newman. Appreciate you listening in from Dove Valley. Head to DenverPost.com/Broncos for continued coverage of the team this week and throughout the rest of the regular season. And until next time, folks, take it easy.